Miles Davis once said that time isn't the main thing, it's the only thing. Now, many of us as believers would hear that and respond to that saying, yeah, I get his point, but of course it's not the only thing. That only thing in our lives should be God. But we often live as if time is the only thing. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. We are in episode 182 today, and we're going to pray about our relationship with time. But before we do that, we're going to begin with a bit of worship. And today's verse for that, or passage, actually it is one verse, is Nehemiah 9, 6, and it says, You alone are the Lord. You have made the heavens, the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that are in them. You give life to all of them, and the heavenly host bows down before you. This picture of both God as creator and as his entire creation, including the heavenly host, worshiping him. And uh, both that is uh, not only an important thing just for us in general, but as we get down to when we're praying today, it's this idea of God as, as, as creator and in charge and giving life to all things is going to be important. So that's where we're at today. Let's pray. Father, I'm grateful. Um, I'm grateful that you give us these words that we can latch on to. And and today's just feel evocative to me. They they feel like I can I can grasp onto them and understand that you alone are God. You have made the heavens, you have made the earth and all that is on it. Everything that I know of, everything that I can see, touch, smell, understand, anything that I've ever come into contact with is something that you have created. You are God the creator. And all of heaven bows down before you in worship. You have given life to all of us, and you are due our worship as well, simply for the fact that we are the created being and you are the creator, but also for all of the things that you have done for who you are. And we worship you this morning as that, as creator of all that we know and as worthy of our worship. As we walk today through this time, I would ask that you would um, use it as you want to, and specifically today, that you would speak into our own hearts what we need to hear about our relationship with time. I'm excited to come sit with you today. This time is one of those set apart that we spend with you, that we can have these conversations, and I, uh, I just ask that they would be glorifying to you, that they would be useful in an eternal perspective, and that you would uh, enjoy them as much as, as I do. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, we're going to stay at kind of a, a very non-practical level, high-level, conceptual level, however you want to put that in our conversation. And I want to camp out there in the theoretical or the kind of unknowable before we get to something more concrete about how we practically deal with time. Because I think that there's value in recognizing that God is God and He is creator and He is in charge of all things, including time. And the things that we don't understand even, all of the things. It also might free us to look at our relationship with time a little differently. The concept of time has been problematic for philosophers throughout history. 
there is considerable controversy, even among biblical scholars, as precisely how to think about the thing that we call time. Probably the most well-known example of this is how different scholars, biblical scholars, have looked at the seven days of creation. Were they seven days as we know days, as we talk about days, or were they not actually 24-hour days? I am not going to answer that for you today. So if you heard that and got your hopes up, that is not what's going to happen. But what we do know for certain is that there is clearly a span between the beginning, as detailed in Genesis, and the end, as detailed in Revelation, which, for lack of a better term, we call, quote, time. Carl F.H. Henry characterized time as, and think about this because it's a little complicated when I read it. It feels a little... I don't know, the language is a little difficult, but let it kind of settle in. He characterized time as the divinely created sphere of God's preserving and redemptive work and the arena of man's decision on his way to an eternal destiny. Somewhere I saw it referred to as the parenthetical, uh, this parenthetical drop-in expression of time within the span of eternity. So, We have our existence in this span of creation after the beginning and before the last day that we mark as time. And we mark that passage both in external ways by calendars and clocks and seasons and years and days and nights, and also internally as our bodies are born, grow and change as we grow up and change emotionally and physically and intellectually over a lifetime. And when you begin to notice how much of our language and expression revolves around time, like I just use the word lifetime, well, you'll see how big an impact time has on us individually and as cultures and societies. Cultures and societies also, they think about time differently. They view time differently. The Christian perspective can often be described as linear. There's creation and then history, this portion of span of time that we're living in, and then the second coming of Christ, and then everything changes. Or we are individually born, we live our lives, we die, and then our spirit lives on in eternity. But it's this linear progression. I'm vastly simplifying here. (laughs) But my point is that other cultures have belief systems that are different than that. One has a cyclical view. A believer of that system is born, lives, dies, and his or her spirit is then reborn into a new body. And that cycle continually repeats itself until the point when, uh, well, okay, but that gets into the the other belief. But that's what a part of what Hinduism refers to as the wheel of life. It's this cyclical regeneration, reincarnation of spirits in bodies. Time challenges us. It also fascinates us. But ultimately, I want to say it's simply, but there's no simply about it when we start thinking about the science of time. But we can think of it as simply a marker of change. It has no power of its own. The point I'm trying to get to with this really long introduction is that time was created by God, and as such, we can trust Him with it, and we need to begin to see it properly in the context of what we worship. So that's what we're praying about today, idolatry, essentially, that we often worship time, and our worship should be given to God alone. John Piper says, idolatry starts in the heart. It's a craving, a wanting, an enjoying, a being satisfied or driven by anything that you treasure more than God. And so we're going to pray today a prayer of repentance and ask God to see if we are making an idol of our time in any way, of our schedule, of our perception of the world, 
or of our needing to meet a certain time period with certain things. So that's where we're going today. The verses that we have are three verses that really talk about idolatry in general. Um, And the first one is Exodus 23. It says, you shall have no other gods before me. And Exodus 34, 14 repeats that saying, it's this parenthetical phrase in this bigger passage that says, for you shall not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. And finally, Deuteronomy 6, 13 and 14, it says, you shall fear only the Lord your God and you shall worship him and swear by his name. You shall not follow other gods, any of the gods of the people who surround you. The original intent of that passage was the Hebrews in the midst of other cultures around them that worshiped other gods. That is may or may not be what you think about your case today, but if we're thinking about it in terms of our practical application of how we process time, how we live our lives in regard to the time, certainly the people around us in the cultures that we live in here in the United States, and for you international listeners, I am sure as well in other places, We are driven by the busy. We are driven by our schedules. We are controlled in some ways by our perception of time and not forgetting anything and not missing anything and making sure we get all the things done that we think are important. And so that's what we're dealing with today. And I need to stop talking because I'm going to talk all and not pray at all. And that's not where we want to go with this. So, all right, let's pray. Father, you tell us very clearly Nobody else, nothing else comes before you. You alone are God. You created all that we know. And then we are not supposed to put anything else above or beyond you. We are not supposed to treasure or love or enjoy or worship anything before you. You tell us that you are jealous for our worship. And as we sit here this morning, I ask you to quiet our hearts Speak to us so that we can hear you clearly and talk to us about our own relationship with time. Are we putting time above you, more important than you? Are we living according to time instead of living according to God? I say that not in a kind of a general population level thing. I'm asking specifically for me and each of us listening here that you would speak to us about how we are living our lives. And if we need to repent, then I ask you to bring us to that point. We come to you this morning with listening hearts. And this topic spans so many things that we'll get into in the coming episodes or broadcasts in the coming weeks about how we, quote, manage our time or use our time or redeem our time or all of the ways that we talk about using and living in this span that we call a life. And if there are are things that we are doing that we need to repent of, I want to do that first. I want you to speak to us about the ways that we are idolizing time or the passage of time or all of the things associated with that, which staying youthful or um, looking at... um, the way that we make use of every moment of our time, our productivity. Like if these things, if we are being driven by time more than we are being driven by you or your our relationship with you or our uh, reliance or dependence on you or our trust of you, pray that you would speak to us and draw us into conviction 
and repentance. Spirit, that's your job. To, one of your jobs is to convict us of things that we are, ways that we are falling uh, short of the mark. And I, I pray that you would do that this morning. This isn't necessarily a comfortable space to step into, but I pray that it would be healing and healthy and useful in an ongoing way in our lives. I pray that as we listen, not only in these moments, and you speak to us in these moments throughout the days to come, that if there is, that you, you speak to us in the moment as we are doing things that, that you don't want us to, either whether that's a use of our time or just a way that we think about time or approach to our lives, I pray that you would speak to us right then and that we would hear, listen, and obey. I pray for obedient, listening hearts, ones that are quick to repent, to ask for forgiveness. Spirit, do your work in us as the days go by and help us in this, oh, study isn't the right word, but in this focus, in this, this time that we are spending thinking about time, that you would use it to glorify you, that you would change our hearts to look more like Christ, that you would change our behavior to reflect your character more and more and more and more as time goes on. Thank you for all the work that you do in us. Thank you for helping us through this, like this learning processes and um, in, instead of just learning about something, this appropriating it into our life is sometimes uncomfortable. And I'm so grateful that you are always there, that you are not coming at us in a accusing manner. Satan is the accuser. So when we hear you, if we are hearing accusation, we need to adjust our ears. We need to know who's talking to us. And I pray that you would teach us to, to recognize your voice and your actions in our lives in a way that is unmistakable, that we come to know you so well that we cannot mistake your voice for Satan's accusation and lies. What I started to say earlier, and I think I got sidetracked, was I'm grateful that you are with us every step of the way and that you are doing so as a loving parent, as a uh, someone who is interested in our final well-being and not someone who is interested in our destruction. As we walk and we learn and we struggle, as we fall back and get ourselves back up, I pray that you would be kind to us. Certainly, you always are. But that we would... Um, that you would look on us with mercy and that we would see ourselves in your eyes the way you see us as adored, beloved children. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today and doing this with me. If you are on the Grace and the Gravel Road Facebook page, we'll be back again next week. Watch for, I will post probably on Sunday night or Monday early morning, a schedule for the week since our schedules, they vary all the time right now. And so I can't keep, I can't necessarily keep to a regular schedule. So watch for that announcement. If you are a podcast listener, you'll also get two episodes next week. They typically will drop at a more regular time, but I appreciate you joining me in that format. And I would love it if you would share this with a friend if it's been encouraging for you. Praying Scripture is brought to you by Grace and the Gravel Road. As we do this, I really want us to each grow in our use of Scripture in our prayer lives, in our that our prayer lives would grow, but also God would answer these in mighty, mighty ways. But most of all, I pray that you would fall deeper and deeper in love with the God who gave us these words. Amen. Amen.